Welcome to the Dwelling Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Our hopes is that this message inspires you and builds your faith today. Hey, listen, if we haven't met yet, uh, that means you weren't here that one Sunday in July of last year. Uh, You should be ashamed of yourself. You should come to church. Uh, Hey, Adam, can I grab that table from you? Uh, My name's Eric, and uh, my wife, Cheyenne, is with me today. She's the better part. She makes uh, everything about us work. So if we haven't met, uh, I get the honor of being one of the overseers for the dwelling. And what's really cool about this season of life that we're in is uh, normally, I told the team that this morning, normally the the overseer role is really nothing more than uh, me sending a couple text messages to to Pastor Gunner and him sending some back and him going, hey, I got a decision, what's your advice? And and me encouraging him going, hey, I'm praying for you. Me come once a year and preach and high five and spend some time in Savannah. Normally that's about it, right, from an overseer role. Uh, but then in moments where, where life gets a little harder and life gets a little more chaotic, uh, we, we've got the honor to be able to step in and just go, hey, listen, we, we got this covered while uh, Pastor Gunner and Bethany and the family get cared for, loved on, and, uh, and get some time just to, to be away for a little bit. So uh, if you don't like today, then, then come back because I won't be here next week. I'm going back to my church. Uh, me and Cheyenne uh, and a team of people started uh, church with you in Enterprise, Alabama in 2014. And uh, man, we're, we're just excited to, to get away for a little bit, come hang out with you. Uh, our church is really fun. It's really cool. But it's really fun to be a part of something different, you know, and come in and see it and, and experience it and see different people's face and see you and see how you respond. And, and, uh, and I just got to tell you, back home, uh, this is not a one-way street when I preach. So back home, I get on to them every Sunday uh, that, that they're not talking back enough. So if you just sit there and you don't respond, this is going to be boring. And the dwelling has done a whole lot to make church not boring. So if you don't respond when I preach, uh, then you are doing a disservice to what the dwelling is about. Hello. So uh, you respond, and I'll preach, and hopefully by your response, you don't elongate the message, but I was told I got to about 2.30, uh, and, and then I just had to be done somewhere around there, and everybody who's serving in kids, if they heard that right now, is going, no, 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 no. That is not what you were told. Uh, hey, I, I don't know. I, I'm probably preaching to people who are way more spiritual than me, but can you take off your halo real quick, sit it down to the side of you? And let's just be real. Do you listen to any other songs other than Christian songs? Okay, a couple centers in the room. Uh, so th- this, is, uh, this is where I live, too. And, uh, and every now and then I listen to, uh, I don't know, some maybe inappropriate stuff, according to Cheyenne. Uh, but Jesus loves her more. So that it, it just, I'm trying to understand how she loves him, and I'm going to try to love him in that same way, and maybe he'll care for me in the same way that, uh, that he cares for her. Uh, but I, I listened to some songs. How many of you, uh, you, you listened to Lil Montel Jordan back in the day? How many of you listened to Lil Montel? This is how we do it. Yeah, that's the only song that everybody knows from Montel. Uh, and the good news from that is because that's what I want to talk to you about. Is this is how we do it. Yeah, see, I told you if you would respond, it'd be a little interesting and we'd get after it. Uh, I want to talk to you about this is how we do it today. And, uh, and really, the, the whole understanding of the process of the journey that you guys are on. Because here's the truth. Whether you've been a follower of Jesus for 70 years, 7 years, 7 minutes, you are all on a journey, and you all have a next step to take in that journey. 
Like you don't get to a place in your life and following Jesus that you go, okay, I've made it. Uh, until you die and then you stand face to face with him and then you go only by your grace and your mercy and your sacrifice am I even here, right? At that point, you'll be done and you can praise him for all of eternity. But right now, if you are still breathing, everybody go, okay, then you got a next step to take. And that's probably gonna make some of you uncomfortable because some of you just come into church, you chill out for a little bit, you enjoy the service, you get out, you go back out of the car without really talking to anybody, without really serving anywhere, and I, I, I don't really wanna do anything, I just wanna come and be a part. And, uh, and that's gonna freak some of you out to know that now I'm, I'm about to ask you to do something. But the truth about that is the same as the person who is all in right now and who is in every group, who's on every team, who's serving everywhere, I'm gonna ask you to do something too. So all across the board today, I want you to really find out a couple of things is, uh, is to figure out how you do it, right? How you live this life of trying to follow Jesus. How do you know where you are on the journey? How do you know what next step that you should take that gets you to the next stage of your journey? Are y'all tracking? Right, and then at that point, how do you muster up enough confidence to be able to take the step that you need to take so that you actually get to the place that Jesus wants you to get to? I believe right now we live in a world where everybody wants to claim to follow Jesus but not put in the work to actually do it. And then we want to be where a certain person is but we don't wanna put in the effort and the energy and the obedience, uh-oh, that's a bad word right now, obedience, to actually step into everything that God has for you, but he has a plan for you, he's got a future for you, and it's not to harm you, it's to prosper you, and it's to lead you into a life that you can never expect to have, only by his grace and his mercy, but it's gonna take some effort. It's gonna take some effort. Y'all good? All right, so we do this at church with you, I don't know if you do this at the dwelling, but, uh, but we stand and, uh, and read kind of a theme verse that's gonna that's gonna direct our day today. And really the reason why we do that is just to honor the reading of the word. So if you got your Bible, you got your phone, whatever, Colossians chapter one is where we're gonna be at, Colossians chapter one, verse 28. And, uh, and when you get there, just go ahead and stand to your feet. Uh, if you're going what's already on the screen, you just go ahead and stand to your feet, then you can read it off of there. Real quick, uh, before, before we jump in, uh, the whole... Great Commission, this whole statement that Jesus gave to the church, go therefore and baptize all nations, right? Teaching them everything that I've taught you and teach them to obey what I've taught you. That's the Great Commission, that's what you heard and that's what you see in the Gospels. Well, basically Paul kind of uh, took what Jesus said and he says, I'm gonna put my spin on it and I'm gonna teach it to this church and that's basically what you have right here that's gonna set the theme of today and here's what I want you to see. Colossians chapter one, verse 28. It says, so we continue to preach Christ. Hello. There is nothing else worthy to talk about. Y'all not responding as well as I thought you were. I, I thought you were ready. But there is nothing else. There, there, is no, there, there is no other subject that you need to get your family up for, that you need to struggle with the kids on whether they want to wear shoes or not wear shoes, whether they're going to eat their breakfast or not. There is no reason that you should have fought with your spouse on the way to church this morning to come into this place to get anything else brought to you other than Jesus. Like Jesus is the only 
He's, he's the only thing worthy to have the fight to your kid about putting on shoes to come to church. And actually, if we were at my church, shoes are optional for kids. Now, grown-up feet, y'all stink a little bit more than kids. Y'all should put some on. But there is nothing else worthy, he says, so we continue to preach what? Christ. We continue to preach Christ to each person, using all wisdom to warn and teach everyone in order to bring each one into God's presence as mature person in Christ. We're going to leave that on the screen for a minute. I'm going to pray for us. You're going to sit down. I want you to see something in this one passage that's going to set the day. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for making it understood to us that we are on a journey. So God, today, help us figure out where we are on that journey. Help us figure out what step to take, and help us figure out where you want us to go. Now speak to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. So Colossians chapter 128. So you can see the whole process. If you think back, if you're a follower of Jesus in here, at some point in your life, you weren't. Right? And at that moment, uh, the only way that you could have walked into a relationship with Jesus is if, if you would have heard about him. Right? The Bible says everybody, there's a whole bunch of people who haven't heard. Well, how are they going to hear if somebody ain't going to go preach? Right, so, so Paul's saying we preach Christ. So I want you to see a journey right here so you didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe that's you in here this morning. You don't currently have a relationship with Jesus. You've been kicking the tires. You've been doing the church thing. You know that every question that somebody asks in church, if you would just answer Jesus, most of the time that's the right answer. Right, you know all that. But internally, you could say if you took your last breath today, you don't know for sure that you would enter into an eternity spent with Jesus or a Christless eternity? And if you would take an internal look, and if that's you today, at the end of today, I wanna help you make a decision that's ultimately gonna change your whole entire life because that's why we're here. I didn't drive all the way to Enterprise, Alabama, from Enterprise, Alabama to Savannah to preview anything else other than Jesus and the sacrifice that he made and the ease of you walking into a relationship with him. So I'm just putting all my cards out on the table. I'm not trying to hide anything. I want you to say yes to a relationship with Jesus if you don't currently have one today. Yeah. And that's where we're going. So get ready. So if you go, that's me, then just know you've got from now to about 20 minutes from now <laughs> that you need to get your heart ready because I'm gonna lead you into a relationship with Jesus. You just gotta be willing to walk into it because he did it all for you. Right? He says we continue to preach Christ. That's a journey, right? To every person using all wisdom to warn and teach everyone. So, okay, so now you've, you've accepted Jesus. You're on this journey, uh, but now you don't know what to do because you're so used to doing all the things that you shouldn't do. <laughs> you're so used to thinking all the ways that you shouldn't think. You're, you're, you're so used to thinking that you are your own savior, but now you realize that you have another one. So, so you, you say yes to relationship with Jesus, but if you can remember, when you said yes to relationship with Jesus, you were going, now what? what am I, like, I don't know what I'm doing now. And then it goes on, and it tells you what? That he's gonna teach and warn everyone. So what you started doing is you started flipping through the Bible, you started going to groups, you started going to church, you started listening a little bit different than you ever listened before, and then he started warning you, hey, don't, don't live life this way, and you're like, yeah, I already knew that, because I was already doing it. 
and it wasn't getting me where I wanted to go. I got that one, but what am I supposed to do? And then he started going, but live this way, and you were like, oh, okay, all right. But now you have this, this, this moment in your journey that, that now you've been warned not to do certain things, and you're going, okay, got that. Now you've been taught what to do. Now you have to choose whether or not you're going to obey what he says to do to begin with. And then you obey, and then you take a step, and you're like, okay, I made it. Come on, y'all. Y'all don't ever feel like that. I walk through a situation and a season sometimes, and I'm like, okay, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on obey. Okay, I'm here. I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. It's a journey, right? And then you continue on that obedience journey, and then he starts to turn you into something that you can never turn your own self into. Then you start to look different. You start to act different. You start to talk different. Your activities that you used to do, you no longer do them, and now you're doing things that you never thought you would do. Why am I spending all day with these church people? I never would have spent all day with these church people but all of a sudden, something shifted, and that's all the people I want to hang out with all the time. And now I'm bringing all the people I used to hang out with, and I'm going, you got to come experience this. It's awesome. Right? And it's a journey. And then you're going to live this journey until the moment you take your last breath and then look at the, the last part of the journey so that we can bring everyone into God's presence as a mature person in Christ. That's the goal. And you don't get there on your own. You get there by the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And Jesus changing you because you can't change yourself. You can't. You've tried a million times. Some of y'all set out a weight loss goal at the beginning of the year. You failed three weeks into the year. You stopped going. Come on, I, 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 told, I told Cheyenne uh, a couple of days ago, I said, only water for me. I'm not a soft drink person. Uh, we stopped by the store on the way up here. And, uh, and there, there's a new flavor of Mountain Dew. Something about Americana, and it's like the, you remember the, the, the rocket popsicles, the red, white, and blue popsicle? It tastes just like it, and it is phenomenal. I made it a day only drinking water, right? And that, that's the process, and after I get done with these, I'll go back to go, it's only water for me, and we'll try again, but how many of you know that's your life? That's your relationship with Jesus is, oops. Got that one wrong, now I gotta, now I gotta try again, right? So I wanna, I wanna figure out in your mind where you are in the process, and I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna give you four groups of people that I think come to church every single Sunday, four groups of people. You're gonna find yourself in one of these groups. Like, there's not gonna be anybody that goes out and goes, you know what, I didn't, I didn't find myself. You will. You just gotta be open to receiving that, okay? So, so four different groups. And with those four different groups, I'm going to tell you a next step. So if you're going, okay, that's me, I'm going to tell you your next step. Is that good? Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, listen, I made a 17 on my ACT. I am not, I just need it simple. You tell me where I am and what I'm supposed to do, and we're just going to do that. All right? So that's what we're going to try to nail down today. Okay, so here's the first group of people that I see coming to church every single week, and that's the people who are curious. Just curious. Uh, and, and there's two types of curious people. Uh, one, they're curious about the church. Like, well, I don't know about this place. I mean, I've been going over here, or somebody invited me, and I, I, don't, I, just, don't, I just don't know. You read some stuff online. You've seen some of their stuff. You've, you've watched some of their live streams, and you're going, I, I mean, it looks cool. But there is something really, really scary about 
walking into a brand new church for the very first time. Listen, that's God trying to speak to you. All of you are trying to, I'm telling you, today you're going to hear where you're at. And you just got to figure out if you're ready to go. Right? Listen. Okay. Curious. Curious people. I'm just, I'm just curious. When we launched uh, Church With You in Enterprise, we launched in the rec center. It wasn't the coolest place. It didn't smell great. It wasn't fun. It wasn't. But we had people coming. They were going, I just had to figure out if you were a cult. There's people that come here that are just trying to figure out the same thing. Right? I'm just telling you, y'all. If you've been at the dwelling for a while and you're going, no, people know. No, they don't. They don't know anything about you. And they're just trying to come in. They're just trying to go. I, I just want, if I could walk in and nobody speak with me, sit on the back row, right? And then walk out the moment service is done, I would be good with that. And listen, if you're in that group, that's all we want you to do today. Listen, here, here's, my, here's my next step for you if that's your group. Just keep coming and see. Just keep coming and see. All of your questions that you got about church can be answered just over a couple weeks, right? Why, why do they do that? Well, you come back next week, you might see why. You come back the next week, you ask somebody, hey, why y'all do that? Why, why you experience stuff like that? Why, why do y'all do, do stuff like that? And then you get to watch God show up every single week in your life and try to help you move forward in your relationship with him. Does that make sense? Just keep coming and see. Now, if you're here, and you're, you're, you're curious, but you, you've, uh, you, you know some people at the dwelling, so you trust the dwelling, but maybe you're just curious about Jesus. Can I tell you, he's the best thing that can ever happen to you. And he's the best decision that you'll ever make. I'm gonna reiterate what I said earlier. Paul said, so we continue to preach Christ. We continue to preach Christ. I hope you hear him today. I hope he speaks to you today, and I hope, you, I hope he opens your heart into a relationship with him if you don't have one. Right, so curious, just keep coming and see. Okay, just keep coming and see. Now here's the second group of people that I see, and this is the group that I would say that a whole lot of people are in, and that's the crowd. That's the crowd. You got a crowd that comes to church every single Sunday. Y'all know that? Every single Sunday you got a crowd. It's the, it's the same people, the, the same thing, and, and, and basically these people go, okay, well I trust the dwelling, I, I, like I've already accepted Jesus, and, and I come, and and I like it. The music is fantastic. And normally when there's another preacher up there, he's pretty good. And, and I just like it. I just like coming. I like being a part of it. And, uh, but, but you're not really connected to anybody. Uh, if, if people know your name, that's all they know about you. Is they don't really know what you're going through. They don't know your family. They don't know what you do for a living. They don't, they don't know the situations that you got going around your life right now. They don't, they don't know the difficulties that you're in. They just know your name because they see your face every week. Is this making sense? The second group of people is the crowd. It's the crowd. So if you find yourself in that and you're going, well, I mean, I'm here every Sunday, but I'm not really doing anything, I'm not really a part of anything. I don't really do anything during the week. I'm not a part of groups during the week. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not living life with people in there. Here's the challenge to you. Here's the next step is just get involved with what's happening. Just get involved with what's happening. And, and this is the hardest step, I think. If you find yourself in this group of people, this is the hardest step to take. Out of every step I'm talking to you about today, this is the absolute hardest step to take because it's easy to fit in the crowd. It's just easy. Come on, we live in a culture right now that, that whatever belief you got, at the end of the day, if there's a crowd of people who don't share the same belief, it's really easy to go. 
Come on, we're seeing that every day, are we not? Come on, do I need to get in political stuff right now? Do I need to get in stuff? Do I need to talk about that life that you're actually living, or you want me to talk about something that's not relevant? So, so you, get, you, you get to a place that you just go, okay, well, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. I'm just going to go over here because this crowd of people is so much louder than me. But the great theologian, some country music singer said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Who was that? Who's, who sang that song? Was that Darius Rucker? Nice. See? Love that. Crowd. The hardest part is to get involved and do something. That's the hardest part. It's the hardest part to take one step into actually going, you know what, instead of just coming and experiencing church, I'm going to be a part of being the church. It's the hardest part. And the reason why I'm going to push this for a minute is because it's important. Look at John 15, 5. Look at what it says. Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I am them will produce much. If your life is not currently producing much fruit, then you may not be connected to the vine. And this is important. Because at the end of the day, when you continue reading the, 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 the verse, it tells you, for apart from me, you can do nothing. When you look at your life and it is so empty and you don't see anybody that you brought to Jesus, you don't see any way that you're serving anybody, you're just here taking up space, breathing in oxygen, are you connected? It's the hardest step to take to actually go, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to be connected to the branch. But can I tell you, it's the only step that you can take. Because what's the other option? Apart from me, you can do. You don't want that? Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't want your life to amount to nothing. Like you're in here, you're curious about Jesus, you're curious about the church, you, you've got a million different people that you're friends with in Savannah that tell you all roads lead to heaven. They don't. Right? And you're just trying to figure out why you got to get connected because apart from him, your life produces nothing. And you're going to experience the end of your life with you laying in a little box and nobody's there saying you made a difference in their life. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Man, I hope, I hope when I lay in the box, people flood the place and said, I didn't really like him, but he did a whole lot. Right? I mean, but he made a difference. At some point, his life impacted. Right? The way he loved his wife impacted how I love my wife. The way he treated his kids impacted how I treat my kids. I want people to see that. And you don't even have to be a follower of Jesus to want to produce fruit. But the only way you can produce fruit is to be a part of the family of God, which is to follow Jesus. And at the end of the day, you've got much fruit that God's planned out for you, and I don't want you to miss it. But you'll miss it if you don't get connected. Because when you're not connected to the branch, you don't produce any fruit. And there's so much fruit that has been played on your life by the King of Kings and the creator of the universe that he wants you to experience, that he wants you to have, but it's gonna take you wanting to get connected. Right, so get involved. Well, how do I do that? Right. To be honest with you, I don't really know. <laughs> but there's way too many people here that know for you to walk out these doors and go, you know what, I'm good with just not being connected. Right. No, you got fruit that needs to be produced in your life, but it starts today without you walking out the door, doing the same thing you do every single week. It, it, it starts with you stopping and going, how do I get plugged in? What do I do? 
right? What do I do? It's the hardest step you'll take, but it's the one step that'll completely change your life. All right, here's the, the third group that I think comes to church every single week, and these are the, the church people. The church, I mean, like I bleed the dwelling. Like, I mean, this is it. I think about it at night. I dream about it. Like, I mean, I'm up here all the time. I'm involved in everything that they do. If they go, hey, we're going to have, have like a badminton tournament, I'm there. If they're going, hey, we're cooking like roasting hogs, I'm there. Like, whatever it is, like I'm that. If the dwelling stamp on it, I am there. Like, it is, this is my, this is my church, right? The first thing I would say is uh, thank you because you've planted your family and you're making a difference, right? You've planted your family. You're making a difference. But here's the challenge is, is, is to, to get to a place in your life where, where you come serve. Don't, don't just be a part and be connected. Actually start serving somebody. Actually start living this thing out. The Bible says that Jesus did not come to be served, that he came to serve. So if this is your place, why would you not want to serve people to engage the people that you've been wanting to come anyway, right? So that when they do come, you would have served them in such a way that when they leave, they go, man, they did everything so well. And then what they said about Jesus? The Bible says they looked at what Jesus was doing and they looked at the life he was living and they say he's doing everything so well. He's doing everything excellent. Well, there are people that work hours and hours and hours on end to serve you every single week. There ain't no way all these people that were up here today playing and singing just got up here this morning and went, you know what, let's just wing it. There ain't no way. No way. There ain't no way that your kids are going to be in kids' church right now with a group of people that just showed up on Sunday morning and said, you know what, we'll just teach them something. No. Like, there's hours and hours and hours and hours put into serving this community to help them see the love of Jesus and what he can do through their life. What are you doing? Are you a part of it? Or are you a recipient of it? Okay, let me go back to the first group. I told you the, the first group is the curious group, right? And, and we, we say, you just come and you chill out. And at, at the end of the day, you, you can just come and experience and consume. But at some part in your spiritual journey, you got to get to a place where you understand it is no longer good for you to just consume. That you got to contribute something. Hello, I know this is hard. I didn't expect a whole lot right here, but I need you to go with me. Like, you've got to get to a place where you understand I am put here now to reach people who don't know Jesus. And I'm put here to serve, whether I'm rocking babies, whether I'm making coffee, whether I'm serving in the parking lot, whether I'm serving up here, whether I'm in the booth, whether I'm making stuff sound good, whether I don't have any gifts at all other than administration and I just make things work during the week. You got to get to a place where you understand church ain't about you. It's not about you. So if you're like, well, I've been at a dwelling since this started. Well, you shouldn't be focused on, well, when are we going to get that one program? When are we going to do that one thing? I, I, you know what? Right now, the season that we're in, it's getting a little hard on the dwelling. What I was thinking about is it just might be a time for us to shift and, and go to another church because, you know, at the end of the day, the program that they have over there, the, the, the things they do for students are, are way better over there. The, the music is a little bit better over there. The things that would benefit my family is a little bit better. No, you should be ashamed of yourself because it ain't about you. You are already a follower of Jesus. So the Bible tells me and it tells you that Jesus at one point 
is going to walk away from you to go find somebody that ain't. And you're like, he walked away from me? If you don't come with him, he walked away from you. Are you tracking? So he doesn't go, hey, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk to go find this lost person. And he's like, I don't really care about you anymore. That's not the situation. He's going, I wish you would just come with me. And at the end of the day, you got to get to a place in your relationship with Jesus where you go, the songs, it's fine, whatever. I'm not here for the songs, right? The, the kids stuff, that, that's fine. My kids can do whatever. They, they, they play sports in the city league. It is not organized. So if church ain't organized, I ain't really worried about it. I just teach them Jesus when they're back there. Are, are you tracking? And instead of you griping about everything that's going wrong, how about you? Actually jump in and serve and try to help get it to a place where you want to go. Pastor Gunnar couldn't say that to you, but I'll leave today after church so I can say that to you because at the end of the day, you need somebody to speak stuff to you that you need to hear, not that you just want to hear. See, the Bible says at the end days, you're going to have a whole lot of people that just want to tickle your ears instead of actually shooting straight. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are meant to build the kingdom of heaven. And you cannot build the kingdom of heaven apart from serving in the local church. You can't do it. You're like, well, my nonprofit over here, my nonprofit. I'm good. Start those. Do those. But Jesus didn't say, for the gates of hell will not prevail against your nonprofit. He said, no, I will build my church. Okay. I feel like y'all got it. Y'all got it? It's the only thing in the Bible that he promised to build. I'm cool with you being a part of whatever else you wanted to be a part of. Like start the thing. Start the ministry. Start the nonprofit. Start the organization. Do the thing. Serve in the Boys and Girls Club. Do all that. Whatever floats your boat. But at the end of the day, if you're not connected to the church, it's the only thing that will make it to eternity. Everything else will fall short when you take your last breath. Here's the last group. You thought that one was hard. You just wait. Because these are the crew. The crew. These are the people that go, man, I'm an insider. I know everything about the dwelling. I know why it started. I know, I know everything about it. I know it all. Uh, I mean, whatever questions you got, I, I got the answer. I can answer them. I'll lead you in the right way. I'm connected. I'm serving in a, in, on a team. I'm going to groups. I'm, I'm connected with people outside of here. here here's, my, here's my pushback to that is I'm grateful for everything you do. But could what you're doing be clogging an on-ramp for somebody who isn't serving yet? And you just need to get out of the way. So here's, here's, the, here's the next step. Step up and lead. Step up and lead. Anybody can hold the door. Why have you been holding the door ever since you've been here? How about you stop serving at the door and you let somebody else open the door who is new to serving? You give them an easy on-ramp so they're like, good morning, how you doing? Good morning, how you doing? Good morning, how you doing? That's not difficult. So why are you seven years or however, how old is the dwelling now? Five years, five years into holding the door, right? But they need somebody to lead first impressions. They need somebody to lead at the coffee bar. They need somebody to lead in kids. But yet you're just sitting here swinging doors. 
You're part of the crew, I bleed, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> How about you step up and you do something else yeah. that's gonna require a little bit more leadership so that you can make an easy on-ramp for people to actually start serving in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Now, here's the pushback there. Is, well, yeah, but if I do that, that comes with a whole lot of pressure. And I got five minutes, and I'm going to be vulnerable with you for five minutes. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Um, it is really lonely doing what we do as pastors, if you're not careful. It's a heartache, and y'all are the reason. That was a joke. You didn't, that wasn't funny? I mean, it isn't really a joke, so I mean, y'all... Probably a good response to going. I don't know how many times that you you uh, you think about pastors, and I'm not trying to do a pity party right here, but but I am trying to go. When Pastor Gunner comes back, you should probably be aware of what he's going through. Yeah. And what he's going through is not just family stuff that's hard. Right. He's also going through your expectations. Because see, this is the only position where. Uh, where, where people think that they have a whole lot of, of area to say whatever they want to say. Yeah. This and Little League coaches. But uh, for a pastor, they, they don't talk to Little League coaches about some of this stuff. For a pastor, they, they, they say, well, well, next Sunday's message has got to be better than this Sunday's message. That's the expectation. Because if you start going downhill that I can find somewhere else, I, can, I mean, I, I don't even have to get out of bed. I can turn on YouTube. I can listen to whoever I want to preach a fantastic message. Right, but next week's message got to be better than, than than this week's message. Then then they start going, okay, well you need to spend more time with your family because you know you, you got to have a healthy family, but you also have to spend so much time with my family because I need you here too. And then they start judging when you go on vacation, where you go on vacation, what you spend your money on, what you spend your time doing, and they post about it on social media. Then they drag your name through the mud. Hello, and you're like, do they do that? Absolutely. Just go troll my social media and you will find it. And there's so much expectation, but yet so little care about who you actually are and what you're actually going through. And there's so much pressure and so much weight because every decision lands on you. Right? And if you make the wrong one and five people leave the church, then everybody's looking and going, well, that was you. Everybody left church because of you. Now, there's nobody else in church with you that when people leave that they go, why did they leave the church? Because of me. Because of something I said, because of something I did, because of something I didn't do. I didn't talk to you enough in the lobby. Talk to you too much in the lobby. I preached a really good message, but it went five minutes over. I leave on a month-long Sabbatical every year, people judge that all the time. Well, I don't get to leave my job every year. Okay. Find another one. And it gets so lonely right here because you expect so much but give so little. And if you step up and lead, you're going to experience that too. So you're going to step up and lead kids. Guess what? Three people is going to leave the kids crew because of decisions that you're trying to make. Maybe you've left the kids crew because of decisions that they just tried to make. 
And you're going, but I don't want that. I want to make everybody happy. I want to. Can I, can I just tell you something? That, that Pastor Gunner doesn't stand up here and lead you because, because of you. I don't, I don't pastor church with you because I love the people at church with you. Because if we're just being honest, there are seasons that I don't. And there are seasons that you don't like me. One of them is probably right now. But I'll tell you why I do it. And if you're here and you need to step up and lead, I'll tell you the reason why you need to lead. It's, it's in this last verse. This is the last verse I'm going to give to you today. Psalm 51, 12. It says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Come on, we're about to end. I got two minutes. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. It is not always a joy to be a pastor of the church. If I hang my hat on how you respond to me. But it is always a joy to be a pastor of the church to look at my life and go, well, you could have picked anybody else. But somehow you picked me and you've grown me to a place that I've never thought that I could be spiritually to get here. Knowing the things that I know, you've given me the wisdom that you told me you would give me. If anybody lacks it, they should ask and I will give it. It's a joy. It's a joy. I don't do this for you. Pastor Gunnar don't do this for you. I do this for Jesus. Because he is the only one that matters when I stand face to face with him in eternity and him looking at me and go, well done. I could care less what you got to say. As long as he looks at me and goes, well done. So when you step up and lead, you don't care what anybody else has to say. As long as you can look at your relationship with him and what you are doing and you can go, Jesus would look at me and go, well done. My good and faithful. Uh-oh. Then it goes on. And it says, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You do know that you can't live this life. And every day of your relationship with Jesus be a mountaintop. That's not how it works. Seasons change. Mountains go up. Mountains go down. Roads go left. Roads go right. Like decisions get heavier. Decisions get lighter. But you're not going to be able to sustain following Jesus your whole life on your own. It's not going to happen. It says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. So first of all, if you're a follower of Jesus in here, you got to remember what he saved you from. And you're stale right now because you forgot. You're stagnant right now because you forgot how far he moved you from when you started a relationship with him until now. You forgot what he pulled you out of and put you into. And you just got complacent. Jesus wasn't complacent when he gave his life so that you could have one. He didn't just go, you know what, I think any angel up here would work. Now this is a conversation I believe from the beginning of time that the father and the son had and they said, you know what, at one point you're going to have to leave here. And you're going 
have to go down because you're the only one worthy to pay the price that needs to be paid. For the wages of sin is. And I'm pretty sure there was like, is there any other way? You're going, well, how can you make that assumption? Well, because he said it. He said it right before he actually paid the penalty that you and I deserve. He said, if there's any other way, but not my will be done, but your will be done. See, if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, but you're stagnant, I need you to remember how much he moved, how much he served, how much he loved to get you to where you need to be. And then I need to ask you again, why aren't you moving? Start again. This is not a condemning deal. Start again. My little kids are starting to learn how to walk. You know, you pick them up by the fingers. They'd take a couple steps, and you'd try to squeeze the alligator grip that they had on you, and you'd try to see if they could walk on their own, and they'd, you know, boom. Like, none, none of me was going, you can't walk at all. You stink at walking. I am disappointed in you that you have the Bradley name. I am taking that from you right now. No, I didn't do that. What did I do? before but you got hurt and now you don't want to move again guess what God's trying to go just get back up just lead, lead something else try again but this time try to try to do it with Psalm 51 in an understanding restore to me the joy of your salvation and give me a willing spirit to sustain me so move but if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus you haven't accepted the the forgiveness and the sacrifice that he's made for you, you need to move to. But the only movement you need to make is to go, I receive you. Because he moved all the way to you. And the Bible says the only way that salvation comes, the only thing you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. You won't be mature you got a whole lot of warnings that you need to heed, and you got a whole lot of teachings that you got to obey, right? But you got one decision today, and that is confess him as Lord, believe that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. Come on, he did everything for you so that all you would have to do is turn around. That's what repent means. It just means to turn, and that's what he asked of you. So nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, I wanna ask you if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're in this first group that we talked about, the curious. You don't have a relationship with him. Can I just ask you right now, would you be so bold just to turn? Just to turn. And here's how we're gonna do that. Because I just wanna see from, from my eyes, nobody else's, a decision that you're gonna make. You've been searching everywhere for purpose and hope. No matter what you've searched for, no matter what you've poured your life into, you can't get it. You haven't got it. Your life is just as empty now as it ever been, has been before. Can I tell you, turn toward Jesus. You've tried everything else. Why not? Just see. Come and see what happened. What could happen if you said yes to a relationship? right now, if you're here and that's you, you're in that first group, 
You need to give him your life today. All I want you to do is I just want you to raise your hand at me. Can you do that just right now? Just say, yeah, I'm giving you, I'm giving him my life. six hands in here today. Isn't that awesome? That's a big deal. That's a big deal. So, hey, we, we want to know that. So, so, uh, so tell somebody that you accepted Jesus today, right? How do we normally do that? Walk me through that. Is there connect cards? Connect cards? QR code? There's a QR code. There it is. So if that was one of yours, if you were one of those six people that said yes, then just scan it. Let somebody know, because here's the deal. How will you know what your next step is if you don't now know what group you're in? All right, so we want to help you walk this life the best way that we can. There's somebody back there. After, there you go. All the way back. Straight to the back. Let's tell them to wave when they go out. Wave at them. All right, hey, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for you moving, for you working, and for you changing us at every moment in your presence. God, we get changed a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. So God, I thank you for the dwelling. Thank you for Pastor Gunnar and Bethany and the family. I pray blessings over their life. I pray provision over their life. I pray peace over their life. I pray identity over their life. And I pray that they wouldn't do this thing because of anybody in this room, but they would do it because of you and that you have called them. God, I pray for a willing spirit to be put inside of their hearts, each and every single one of their hearts, to sustain them, to sustain them through easy seasons, to sustain them through hard seasons, to sustain them through life, through years of following you. God, I pray for fruit, much fruit, that would come out of this family. God, because of how rooted that they would plant themselves in you. God, I pray against every attack of the enemy. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that the enemy would have to flee. You are trespassing. You don't belong here. You are not allowed. And we don't give you any area. And we take it back because that's what we're called to do. We take back ground 
that you have tried to stolen from us. So God, I thank you for this family. I thank you for this church. God, and I thank you for what's going to come out. God, may we heed what you have to say to us. And may we be obedient, whatever you put in front of us. That we would follow you no matter what. That we would follow you no matter where. That we would follow you to do whatever you want us to do. That we give you glory and we give you honor today because you're the only one worthy to be praised. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we love you. Thanks for coming to church. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about The Dwelling, visit thedwellingchurch.org.